0: I don't know where anybody else is. Jesus Christ. Is on the air, you sultry sons of bitches. My name is Darian. Miss Monica is not here. Monica, how are you today? (laughs) Buddy is also not here. Buddy, what's up with you, dude? Yeah, it's a solo show, boys and girls. I'm sorry. If you were really looking forward to hearing one of their uh, beautiful voices, that's just not happening this week. I'm determined to bring you this goddamn show every single day fucking week regardless and since i have the luxury of doing it uh two doors away from my bedroom you're gonna get it whether you like it or not so co-hosts no co-hosts uh plumbing explosions screaming kids dogs possibly have rabies who knows it's gonna happen i'm still here you're still listening we're doing this together inmates and that's just all there is to it monica homesick uh, we've had some weird weather here in Reno. Buddy, on the other hand, is a complete mystery. He texted me earlier today, said he wasn't going to make it because he's at the hospital. And Monica and I have both been texting him since then, trying to figure out what the fucking deal is. And he's not replying to either one of us. So, I like to think that his beard got caught in an escalator and his the lower half of his face got is. At the, at the second floor of a Sears somewhere. a Sears still in business? I don't think the one... Uh, maybe a, a Mervin's? <laughs> well, let's go all the way back to 1984. How about a Gemco? Remember those? Did anybody else have a Gemco in their neighborhood? I had a Gemco which evolved into a Target. And then the Target is now a uh, Sportsman's Warehouse. We have other Targets. Jemco, however, I believe, has gone... It, it's gone the way of the Shopko. Remember Shopco? That's no longer a thing either. All right, then. Enough of that shit. Uh, sorry, they're not here. I am. We're going to do the show anyway. It's probably going to be a short one. apologize for that. couple of announcements to make before I get into the regular uh, smorgasbord. Uh, first and foremost, to all you Patreon subscribers out there, thank you so goddamn much for your generosity and your continued contributions. I've relaunched the Insomnia Show. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what, what the fuck happened. I'm going to blame my toddler, uh, Daphne for it, but I'm not sleeping very good at night anymore. Thus, I will be up and I will be recording content for you. I did an episode, uh, last week on Dead by Daylight, my favorite video game, uh, quite possibly of all time, actually. I don't know that that's true now that I think about it because I really like Def Jam Vendetta and Def Jam Fight for New York. That, other, that last Def Jam game sucked a bag of dicks uh, for the 360. What was that? It was the one where you had to go in a recording studio. Ah, that's bad. That's a bad one. But uh, those two are pretty good. Uh, probably for amount of time Darien has spent past his high school career, I say probably Dead by Death. Well, and that's another thing about uh, Insomnia. I'm moving on. I'm not just doing movies anymore. I'm going to cover board games, video games, books. Uh, I may dabble into some music. That's not really. I mean, I like music and I like horror music, but you know, I don't want to step on any other podcasters' toes out there. I know there's other people like the Corpse Cast. They cover a lot of bands, things like that. It's fine. Uh, I might. I might dip my toe into that arena in the Insomnia Insomnia show. Uh, I just want to cover. I, I want to get a, a broader base of the horror subculture, the horror, I don't know, I don't want to say lifestyle because that makes it sound like a weird sex thing, but like, you know, hey, if you're listening to this show, then you're into horror, and that goes without saying, so I don't feel that that has to only encompass movies anymore, so I'm going to bring you the whole goddamn thing. Anyway, enough about me and my bullshit, Uh, if you get a chance, here's what I'm going to do, alright, you paying attention, write this down if you need to patreon subscribers one insomnia show a month is going to go into the one dollar bin the rest are going into the five dollar bin so thank you very much and if hey i'm i'm getting caught up on the patreon stuff so i apologize i'm going to tell you right now guys i don't fucking have time for uh american horror story you know how far behind i am i've yet to see a single episode of apocalypse uh, this 1984 shit, it looks dope, and I've seen snippets of it here and there. Uh, I just don't, I can't, I don't have time. And I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my very best to bring you an ep- episode of Insomnia every week. But the thing about Insomnia is that I can bank episodes, as opposed to American Horror Story, which I had like feedback and things like that. I'm still happy to address your feedback. If you want to leave me some comments on the Patreon page, I will answer any questions about whatever the hell uh, or you know give my thoughts on anything I don't care whatever you're paying me you're paying me I'll do whatever you want I don't care uh, enough about that though thank you very much you got damn patreon subscribers if I owe anybody anything out there like a mug or a shirt or if any put you know what I tell you what I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold I'm gonna be I'm gonna make a bold statement right now if anybody out there has subscribed to the patreon and Uh, page and wants anything this episode only you have until next week's show I'll make you, I'll I'll do a t-shirt I'll do a coffee mug I will do, uh, I have buttons now I have Psycho Bunny Death Cult buttons and Padded Room buttons shoot me a Facebook message on the side or uh, I know some of you guys got my text number, let me know what you want you have until next Tuesday 6pm Pacific Standard Time I will do it and I will send it out there to you decals I can do um, Alan is not going to let me tattoo a logo on his ass. I've approached him about the idea. He seemed to open it first, but I think his wife got him, got involved and then she put the kibosh and then that was the end of that. So, sorry about that. All right, anyway, let's get right into the regular show here, shall we? I have horror news. I have listener mail. I have other things that I'd like to talk to uh, you people about regarding uh, the horror Horror in general. So let's start it off with a little horror news, you sons of bitches.
1: Horror news.
0: Uh, Yuck, it's doing that thing again. Uh, Horror news, ladies and gentlemen. I will let you know what I found out. Uh, does the name Rosa Salazar ring any bells? Probably not, but I will tell you she's a very attractive young lady and you may remember her, uh, representation for lack of a better word in, uh, that battle angel movie or whatever you want to call that fucking thing where she, uh, I don't I never saw a battle angel, but it looks pretty gnarly, right? Uh, it's like an animated situation, I think. I can't even tell anymore, dude, with the graphics and the video games and the the Pixar and the, the it's it, the stop motion. It's, it's insane. Anyway, Rosa Salazar is going to star in a new Netflix horror series entitled, are you ready for this, Brand New Cherry Flavor. The fuck do you suppose that means? I have no idea. I, think it, I, I like to think it's going to be like a Jim Jones cult type of a deal, and uh, they're going to drop some flavor aid on your ass. And that is going to kill everybody and their dogs, which is seriously disgusting. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, Also, are you familiar with something called Legendary Television? Me neither. I have no idea what this is. I think it's some kind of a streaming service or some kind of a fucking channel somewhere. I I can't even keep up with all this cable stuff anymore. You know what I mean? People are disconnecting. They're moving to Roku. Roku is... uh, I don't know what's going on with Roku. It's like a uh, hub of streaming services. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to look for it. I'm going to try and figure this out. And the reason why is because Legendary Television is developing a Sin City TV series. And they're already talking to Robert Rodriguez to be part of it. And if he is part of it, then I would like to be part of it too. And I think it could be pretty good. I don't know what the rating system on a Legendary Television is going to look like. But, you know... If you're doing a Sin City, you need uh, some gore. You need some violence. And I like to think that there'd be some boobs in there somewhere. You don't necessarily have to give me Jessica Alba's boobs. Or even a Carla Go-Gujoni, Although I like hers very much. But, you know, that's part of the sleazy side of Sin City. Is that you've got this weird tribe of prostitutes. That will suck your dick for uh, an agreed upon dollar amount or if you try to get crazy with them they will turn you into a human pez dispenser and that's something that i'm interested in is seeing other dudes become the U- human pez dispenser as a tv spectator uh, how has sin city not become like a video game that's what i want or a uh, board game or role playing game or something that, what what do i need to buy the rights to sin city to develop some kind of a uh Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I would like to see like an MMO, a massive multiplayer online thing, but video game ratings is a whole other thing. Enough about that. Speaking of American Horror Story, let's talk about Ryan Murphy. He is currently teasing that season 10 of American Horror Story, which is the one to immediately follow 1984, could be the last. Um, that is... My, that's depressing to me because i am an american horror story fan bo, fanboy despite the fact that i haven't seen the last two seasons um i don't know man i uh do, i i feel it's better to go out with a bang than a fizzle so you know it, it, do something grandiose if this does in fact have to be your last season go crazy Give me some werewolves and vampires and blow my fucking mind and bring in some, bring Tom Hardy in or Arnold Schwarzenegger, somebody I don't fucking know, but do something big and make it good. That's the hard part. What I love about, what I love so much about American Horror Story is the ups and downs. You know what I mean? I know that sounds redundant, but think about it. Everybody shat all over season six, uh, Roanoke. And I understand why, and that's fine uh also a lot of people taking a fat dump on season seven cult everybody seemed to love apocalypse which i have not seen yet in uh, 1984 is getting rave reviews thus far so you know that's that's part of that brand loyalty that we have with these franchises you take a walking dead for example i have not watched an episode of the walking dead probably in about three years and it's not that I have a problem with The Walking Dead. It's that it's at a certain point, I just kind of lost touch with it. And I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing with American Horror Story right now. I, As I sit in this room, I've got my American Horror Story coffee mug. I've got two American Horror Story posters that adorn these walls. And I fully include myself in the American Horror Story cult, if there is such a thing. So... Um, I love it. I feel like uh, maybe it's time for it to go. And it pains me to say that. But I don't want to see it turn into The Walking Dead. I don't want a bunch of horse shit spinoffs that nobody's going to watch. I don't want to, you know, season 11, 12, 13. I don't want to lose interest. And it's not that I lost interest. It's just that, um, dude. (laughs) I know I've made this argument before. But their quality television, especially in the horror subgenre, is you know, where, where does one find the time really because you know uh castle rock is bad I, I mean i mean that in a good way it's it's a bad bitch uh what else oh uh what we do in the shadows i love that show and it's it, the fucking machine just keeps turning these out hulu uh amazon prime shutter channel zero which it is done and over with. I understand that, but that was pretty fucking good considering it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, right? All right. Anyway, enough enough about that. Think about that. Here is something that I am very excited about to tell you uh, about. I'm very excited about to tell you about. I know that didn't make any sense. Sorry. This is what happens when I do shows by myself, and I've had a few shots. So there's that also. Um, the the the. Okay. I don't know how you. I'm not 100% sure how to describe this, so I'm just going to tell you about it. Uh, it's called No Players Online. And what it is, bear with me while I stumble through this, it is a horror, an interactive horror video game slash movie. All right, so for all you video gamers out there, and I know most of you guys at one point or another have played video games, uh, think about like a World of Warcraft a uh, City of Heroes, a uh, Warhammer Online. What's what's the big one these days? I don't... Uh, Halo. Um, probably dating myself. What's everybody playing? Call of Duty. Think about all these massive multiplayer online role-playing games. MMORPGs, all right? Now, a lot, we've seen a lot of them come, and we've seen a lot of them go. Think about some of the ones that are dead. Think about that, all right? No player online. So what you have here is a interactive experience where you are logging on to a massive multiplayer online role playing game, except there's nobody else on there. Okay, you're it, and it's the the name of the game. Uh, I don't think they they actually give the name of the game, but if you just search "no players online," you can go through this. It takes about 15 minutes, and it's creepy as shit, man. I'll tell you right now. Um, you it's it's basically just a small. Uh, Capture the flag arena. <clears throat> what you're going to do, you're going to play. It's like a first-person shooter, and you're running around this arena. You capture the enemy's flag. There's nobody else in there, okay? It's just you. And, you know, it's like it's like you're playing an MMO, except there's nobody there. And you're you like, oh, this is really weird. I'm the only guy here. So you go, you find the, the flag, you take it back once, you take it back twice, and then things start getting a little weird. And uh, you got to wonder... What the fuck goes on with these servers of, of, you know, online role-playing games as they're dying? Because, like, a Warhammer online is extinct. Uh, City of Heroes, which is one of my personal favorites, that's no longer a thing. But, like, towards the end, when there was, like, two or three people playing, how creepy is that? You're going through a massive cityscape or, you know, some kind of a battle arena, and there's nobody there to shoot. And there's nobody there at all. It's basically in a, it's, it's like a wasteland, really a ghost town. But anyway, that's, that's the premise of this little experience. But as you're going through this little capture the flag thing by yourself, uh, things start to get weird. Like the, the map starts changing a little bit and then this bizarro entity pops up and I, I, it's like an online guy and he's like, uh, he's basically a ghost in the machine and he's going he's gonna to hang with you. You know, he's not opposing you. It's very strange. I recommend you check that out as soon as possible. It's called No Players Online. Uh, you can find links to it at Bloody Disgusting. Or if you just do a Google, I'm sure it'll pop up. Uh, what else do we have here? Adam Ellis? That name ring any bells? Probably not. But it should, and I'm going to tell you why. He is the author of the quote-unquote Dear David tweets. Uh, I don't know if you guys are paying attention to this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not big on Twitter. Um, apparently, this dude is living in a haunted apartment, and he thinks his apartment is haunted by the ghost of a little boy named David. And he's kind of documenting via Twitter all of his haunted, ex, you know, things that are happening and experiences and shit like that. And he's trying to resolve this little boy's problem um, as. You know, you're trying to figure out how he died, where he died, what is fuck, you know, what what's going on today, and uh, that it's like an ongoing Twitter series, which is kind of cool. So that's that's where check that out. His name is David Ellis, or just uh, go on Twitter, look at Dear David. He has just signed a uh, deal with the Travel Channel, and he's going to be hosting a show called Trending Fear. Uh, so basically, I mean. What the fuck's going on with the Travel Channel? Does anybody know? It just turned into the Paranormal Channel all of a sudden. That was the uh, you know the the home turf of Ghost Adventures, Zach Baggins. I think they're still on there. I don't fucking know anymore. Um, once you realize, uh, uh, let's just take a step back for a second, okay? I would love there to be like an actual ghost. I would love to see an actual ghost. Is what I'm telling you. Uh, until I get that experience, I'm not buying it. And I know that other people have had that experience. People that I trust, uh, people like a, uh, Miss Monica, for example, or a MacNez Nez or Troy, the paranormal ambassador. I know those guys have had said experiences and I know that they're not looking for money or attention. So I trust those guys, but I just need to have that in order to sign off on it. So my question then is, uh, are are we over it? Are we over the paranormal, the 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 paranormal reality TV craze? I feel like we are, and um, it's entertaining. I'll be on. I'll check out a Ghost Adventures. I'll check out this fear uh, trending fear. Uh, training fear. uh but, but as a horror guy and as a paranormal optimist, that I'm I'm watching it for entertainment value, and I feel like we are va- we are very quickly approaching the end of this. And I don't know what the. I I feel like the travel channel is just grasping at straws, trying to uh, squeeze a few more ratings points out of us before they officially set sail from Paranormal Island and call it a day. All right, that's it all. That's all we got on the horror news there, buckaroonies. Uh, I hope you found that informative. Or I hope you're still listening. You may have gotten tired of me already and turned this motherfucker off. I wouldn't blame you. To be honest with you, I'm a little tired of myself already. But I tell you who's not tired of me, the people that wrote in for uh, Listener Mail. Listener Mail. Oh, emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff going on here. Oh, let's stick it. Let's let's stick it. Let's kick it. <laughs> let's kick it and stick it. I don't know what we're doing, but we are going to Houston, Texas, with our main man Lance from the Horror Returns podcast. Subject line: Terradome. This time before you record, yes, sir. You came in very early. I think he came in, um, like what, uh, Thursday, Friday. I don't. I don't know. But uh, you made it in there, Lance. Hey guys, I think I missed out last week by voting too late. Uh, we may have been looking at a couple of runaway victories this week had it not been for one simple twist of fate. Celine stumbled upon the ancient evil known as Pyramid Head. They prepared to battle story over not so fast, methinks, as Celine begins a fight she cannot possibly win. A lone podcaster named Lance jumps out and saves her, planning ahead this enterprising fellow had an escape route all planned. our man proceeds to pleasure her in every possible way and explore every inch of her human slash vampire body yeah at this point i don't even care who who you cast my vote for i'm putting you down for celine lance i feel like your boner just voted for you uh nazi zombies versus home invaders are you guys even serious will the home invaders even make it into the battle or be killed before they even get out of bed come on guys you we know how this ends stay warm and keep them coming lance from texas Lance, I'm putting you down for the Nazi zombies on that one, sir. Thank you for writing in, amigo. Check out the Horror Returns podcast, will you? For Christ's sakes, if you haven't already. Oh, uh, going right back to hollowed Antiquity. Here comes Irma Gersh. Subject line, hey gang. Gersh, it's, it's fucking fantastic to have you back, sir. I mean that. And I, you know... uh, i'm I'm proud of you, and I know- I probably came across like a fucking asshole last week. I'm sorry, I'm proud you're doing great uh I'm, It's good to have you back in the family amigo subject lying hey gang, hey guys, hope all is well in the room with padded walls. had a couple of different viewing experiences this past week first non horror stuff my g m rented out one of the theaters here for a private advance screening of Ford versus. Ferrari. seeing how I work for Ford, it's kind of nice to see how things played out in this battle. Christian Bale, Matt Damon, and John Barenthal did a really good job of portraying these people. Plus, nice quiet atmosphere to see it in. It made it all that much more enjoyable. Hell, even the ninja liked it. Now, on to something that is more definitely ruffle some feathers. Lulu and her daughter are watching Nightmare Before Christmas on Disney Plus gimmick last night. As I sat and watched with the little one, I couldn't help but notice something. I honestly can't say I don't see the appeal in it. I'm not bashing anyone for liking it because I know it has its fan base, and I appreciate that. I'm not taking away its designer story because it's great. Maybe because my mind thinks differently nowadays. I don't know. It seems that things that should be great to me just really aren't. It almost feels like I need to relearn what little bit I knew or could appreciate. I do wonder, though, has anyone else ever felt this way about a movie? If I... Uh if love to hear's listeners' thoughts on this. Anyway, that's it for now. Keep it between the lines and prosper, Gersh. Um, I'm you know what, man? I'm gonna be honest with you, Gersh. I have yet to make it all the way through a nightmare before Christmas. And to be honest with you, I don't get it either. However, I know many uh young ladies that are seriously invested in a nightmare before Christmas. Uh, one in particular has dedicated an entire room to her of her house specifically to a nightmare before Christmas. Um, I think it's it's part of uh, I think it's like nostalgia, you know. And uh, take, for example, a nightmare on Elm Street um, for a lot of us, we're Freddy Krueger super fans, and you know, that was like our gateway drug into horror and all that and that's all well and good and that's why we you know have the tattoos and the posters and the all that shit It's so it's all it's all good fun but the hard part is breaking out of that and that by that I mean to say go back and watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street again and see if it still resonates with you the way it did so to that I, I mean I'm not gonna shit on anybody's parade the Nightmare on Elm Street it's fine you know, it's it's good, but if you watch it today, you're going to notice some very silly things in there, and I'm sorry. I feel the same way about uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas, and I bear the benefit or perhaps the detriment of not watching it when it first came out and having that weird neo-Gothic eccentric moment where I just became obsessed with it. So having watched it After being a horror fan and after being a Halloween aficionado and dark side weirdo, for lack of a better term, I watch it now or a couple years, you know, after it came out and I'm like, this is a fucking cartoon. It's fine. It's got, I got some chuckles out of it, but I'm not going to go get a Jack Skellington tattoo and I'm not going to, uh, paint one of the rooms in my house to look like that weird Halloween land. I'm just not going to do it. It's fine. I don't care. Really. I don't. So that's my thoughts on that, Gersh. Let's see who came in uh, next. Let's get right back up to Billings, Montana. Irma Gersh coming in again. Uh, Subject line, Haunt. After listening to the Haunt episode, myself and the ninja, Ninja watched the doc called The Art of the Scare. Not too bad. However, that led us to watch one called The Blackout Experiments. Has anyone ever seen any of these? I have seen the Blackout Experiments. Blackout's experiments was really good. However, that led me and Brenna at this point to watch Demon House with old Zach Baggins. It felt really forced, in my opinion. Like they were trying way too hard. Later, gang. PS Buddy's beard is like an angel playing harp on a cloud. Like you could take a nap on it. That got weird. Yes, it did. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> Okay, a couple things. Uh, I know I've dis- discussed most of these things uh, in depth in previous episodes, but let's start start off with the blackout experiments. I like it. Um, I feel like that is pretty fucking weird. I watched that and I got all giddy because I felt like me and Monica and buddy and Monica's husband could open some kind of a local blackout experiment. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, what's that going to do to me? I got to be the person to abduct people and torture them, basically, in a weird way. That um, That's going to turn me into a monster, and Monica, and Buddy, and her husband. And just forget it. No. But more to the point, what about like the people that need that experience? It almost becomes uh, like a drug addiction in a weird way. So there's that. Uh, what else? Demon House. Zach Baggins uh i find him terribly entertaining and not just because he's a big meathead and he does the ghost the ghost adventures and all that but you take a movie like demon house uh if you can just admit to yourself right up front that it's probably horse shit which it is and i'm sorry if you are a believer that zach baggins uh if you're like a zap zach ba- I should call him zap <laughs> If you're like a Zach Baggins groupie and you're all about the demon house, then, well, good on you. Not my gig, though. And the reason why is that he tore the house down at the end of the show. Okay? Think about that. Now, this is a quote-unquote paranormal researcher. And he has uh, in his possession, or at least he did, like the... Living proof, the ultimate haunted house, where you cannot go in there and not have some kind of an experience, and that is about, you know that that's the proof. It's right there, and you've got it at this location in Gary, Indiana, and you should be sending scientists in there and uh, setting up all kinds of observation. And at the end, he just tears it down. So that, to me, says horseshit. I'm sorry, and if you believe Gersh, then good for you. On the other hand, I found the movie very entertaining. You know, he's doing his usual Zack Baggin shtick and uh, punching walls for no reason. And then his little buddy loses his mind. And I think he kicked a hotel elevator or some stupid shit like that. It was entertaining. I found it entertaining and it kept my interest. So, you know, they, they did that whole thing where Ooh, people watch this movie and they experience weird things at their house. Bullshit. That's, well, that's a marketing gimmick. That whole movie is a marketing gimmick, but it's fine. So is the Blair Witch Project. I love that too, except for Heather Donahue, but that's a whole other story. All right. Uh, very good. Irma Gersh, thank you very much for joining us again. Hope to hear from you again soon, sir. Great to have you back. Uh, let's get right back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes Sean. Subject line, Votes. I've been slacking again about writing in. Maybe this time I'll do better with staying consistent. Okay, Teradome votes for singles. I'm definitely going with Pyramid Head. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, Teams, I'm going with the Nazi Zombies. I'm actually kind of surprised that Home Invaders even made it this far, and they do not stand a chance in the future matchups. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Well, I think they opened against the Children of the Corn, so... I don't think the Children of the Corn have ever won a match in the entire history of the Terror Dome. So, you know, so it's that's like an easy win right there, coming out of the gate. Uh, that's it for me, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Uh, let's get down to Bakersfield, California. Here comes Tony. Subject line, votes and things. Vote for this week. I'll take Home Invaders and Celine. This motherfucker. Two more for Celine, two more for the Home in, well, home Invaders are on the board. Okay. For educating Miss Monica, the answer is Pontypool. No, it is not. I was only half paying attention when you read the clues. Uh, Monica wasn't here, so I just spewed out something, and the answer is not Pontypool, Tony. So sorry for that. And for Monica, you cannot tell us that you were not the one chewing gum into the microphone and in the same breath tell us that you had gum in your mouth especially since there were only two of you that night it's very unlikely that darian was talking and smacking his lips at the same time you are this close to getting sci-fi original shark movies for december <laughs> you can't see it but my fingers are really really close until next time tony you know what tony i would i would almost want to do that except i don't me i don't want to watch sci-fi shark movies for december so I mean, whatever she watches, I have to watch too, is the bummer. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I kind of, if, if you do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you until I actually have to watch one of those movies, and I'm going to hate you. So I'm going to leave that up to you, sir. You let us know what you want us to do in December, and we will happily uh, do that for you. In the meantime, we do have some voicemails here. Let's get right down to beautiful Alabama, which I'm sure is just as muggy and funky as it is any, time, any other time of the year. Here comes the uh, the breaker of people that call into the podcast. It's Alan Cha-Cha. Padded
2: What's up? What's it's up, the, Alan? Um, faces of death that people call into your show. Okay, you sure. hear me this week. Anyway, uh, my Terridone votes. I voted for The Nurses and um, Candyman. Okay. This week, I'm going
0: to go with Pyramid Head and the Nazi Zombies. Got a boy. Gary and your Lords of Salem. I am. Motherfucker. You know, I know y'all couldn't hear me, but I knew Monica was one of the Wishmaster movies. Yeah. Um, cause I I'd was I've seen wrong. it anyway. Hope everybody's doing good. Hope Monica's dogs are okay. Uh, I don't okay. know.
2: I That's don't all know I got. Y'all
0: talking. have a good one. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling in, Alan. You nailed me. Um, I just have to make those up on the fly when Monica's not here. I'm going to do another one and I'm going to make it up on the fly and I'm sure it's going to be easy as shit. So there's that. Thank you for calling in very much, Alan. Uh, let's get down to the absent Miss Monica's pod boyfriend from Southern California. Here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, yo,
2: how's my favorite
0: each other? Today? Just me, baby. Hope everyone's there. hope nope. everyone's doing well. Uh, nope i no got a couple no.
2: of things I needed to get to, uh, okay. mostly from the past. I've been running so far behind. And, hey, uh, take your time. And me and Dimension, this or that, and just haven't been able to catch up. But first, okay. let's get into that there, uh, Terror Dome. Yeah, what do you got? You know, I was doing a little looking around there. Cause I'm not too familiar with uh, Pyramid Head there. Okay. And you guys took Pyramid Head over Selene. Uh, you got to really think this one through, guys. I mean, look at that big big-ass mask that guy wears or he's going to block his vision for one
0: thing and i don't know that he's he gonna needs to see
2: strict his movements
0: not really you know
2: i mean selene might have to do some work on this one but i think she can give him the uh death of a thousand cuts you know okay uh cutting from one side being behind him i think her speed and agility is going to come into factor it's here and, uh, i think she's going to take him down and hopefully uh rest of the inmates
0: agree
2: uh, now as far as the uh, team's competition there you got the um, Nazi zombies and the home invaders I Correct. mean I don't think like you said there ain't nothing really to say about this it's gonna be the home invaders <laughs> oh, I mean the Nazi zombies there all the way. you go um, now a couple of things I wanted to mention uh, you know you it seems like everybody you know has health problems there in the padded room I'm and fine. Uh,
0: I feel pretty good. You know,
2: Miss Monica's got this uh, hernia that it's I guess virtual, gives her uh, tenth thing when she has an orgasm. I just wanted her to know that I almost have this like uh, secret uh, power ability where you know you can have sex with me and not have an orgasm. It's, <laughs> I'm willing to do it to help the show. You know, would you and, please? Uh, I guess Buddy's got a hernia too, so
0: I think it's well, sexually transmitted.
2: Uh, and one other thing now. This is going back a ways here, and like I said, I've to get a hold of you. Okay, so busy. Sure. Um, you know, during the uh, the month of the saw, you were going through the sawyers. Right. And I gotta admit, I was a little disappointed in you, Mister Brock. Oh, well, really? You uh, skipped over the uh, the new generation. I didn't know.
0: Genera- whatever that shock treatment, Texas
2: chainsaw was. We did not the, skip uh, over that. Matthew McConaughey and Rayonays, and double winger and the cross, Ray and, trip, and uh, I was pissed. No, I was, I was it's like, in shock treatment, sir. He knows that's the next one in line. He knows it's a monster piece of shit. It doesn't
0: make any sense. But I
2: will give you credit; you did pick it up on the outpatient files. Oh, I was we did. looking for a full, uh, padded room style breakdown of that stuff. <sighs> obviously, not to happen. I don't want to put my but real friends in danger. You went to 3D, that. and here's where I have a real fucking bone to pick. Okay.
0: With well, you got GP, so sorry. He called back. Apparently, he's uh, not quite done fucking with me yet. So let's uh, get back to Mr. Hell, Conway. yeah.
2: G motherfucking Pete. Anyway, <laughs> I'll get through this quick here. I apologize. On, take your time.
0: Um, so look, Mr. Brock. Sir. You said the 3D was a good flick. I was not you mad at it. it was all right. I was not mad What's at it.
2: What the fuck movie were you watching? What's
0: wrong with it? This has got to be... Look, I know... Technically
2: speaking, this movie is probably better than that uh, next generation, new generation, whatever Texas chainsaw it was before this. Okay. But fucking the way they try to play it off like it's a good fucking flick, get the fuck out of here. What's wrong with it? If ever I saw one, from the acting to the the storyline to the uh, appearance of it and the fucking dialogue. Oh my God, I can't believe you let them off on the fucking What's wrong with the there. dialogue, sir? The two worst lines in cinema okay. from that fucking flick. Let's hear it. You got that one bitch who says, welcome to Texas.
0: That was stupid. That bitch, was... you
2: just got to fucking Texas. <laughs> who the fuck are you to be welcome? Somebody who was born and raised probably in Texas.
0: <laughs> that was stupid. Like, I addressed that, like as I fucking, recall.
2: Uh, he who cha-cha's behind the road had how to properly sing Sweet Home Alabama. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. And then the other line... All right. Fucking nonsense, uh, do your thing, cuz. Yeah. What
1: the fuck was
2: that? Uh. <sighs> Mr. Brock, I... It's okay. man you retract your statements and make a full apology to the entire Padded Room community. I will not. That. that is the biggest piece of shit of a flick it's ever made. It's not that bad. Anyway, before I get, uh, GP'd again, I best get out. I love you like family, except for you, Mr. Brock. Oh,
0: easy. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Jesus Christ, man! It's not that bad. All right, I admit. Uh, okay, I mean, the do your thing because I was not. I mean, I get that it's kind of, it's a bit out of place. And I would, I addressed the welcome to Texas motherfucker line in the show because that was pretty stupid. Because, I mean, that didn't need to be there, and it felt. I don't. know, It's just corny. But I I believe I addressed at least one of those two lines. And if those two lines ruin the entire movie for you, what do you expect, man? It's a Texas chainsaw movie uh made in 2000 what? 14 I think I said. It's not going to be that it's not going to be the best film ever and it's definitely not going to be the best film in the franchise, but It's not that bad. It's got uh, a near-topless Alexander Daddario running around. It's got Leatherface. It brings some continuity to the original Texas Chainsaw storyline. If you can uh, I just kind of overlook quite a few things. (laughs) I was not that mad at it. Is it the best thing ever? No, obviously not. But I don't think it was that bad. Uh... Uh, maybe I'm wrong now that I think about it that welcome to Texas fuck that whole that character whatever the slutty friend's name was she just needed to go she was bad to begin with I didn't care for her at all any of her dialogue and even the actress I felt she needed to be replaced because she mailed it in and she was relying an awful lot on her uh inward sluttiness, I guess, for lack of a better term, to sell her part and I don't think it works. So enough about that. I wasn't that mad at it. Sorry, Tom Hardy. I don't know what if that if those two lines ruin the entire movie for you, then I don't know what you're expecting. It's a Texas chainsaw movie. What do you want? You want some kind of moving revelations or coming of age tale about how uh these people are discovering their inner Sawyers <laughs> against the backdrop of a corrupt small-town government. Get the fuck out of here. It's Texas Chainsaw, man. We need boobs, blood, and... uh, Well, we didn't get boobs, and we didn't get that... We got a lot of blood, and uh, we got a chainsaw, and it was used on people. So there you have it. That's all you need. All right, fuck this shit. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Tom Hardy. Uh, I love you anyway. I don't know why you're so angry about that, but I'm not going to retract my statement. I feel like it's 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 a decent installment there are worse installments i'll you know what i'll take i'm gonna make a bold statement i'll take texas chainsaw 3d over uh uh texas chainsaw 3 the the weird leather face one with uh matthew mcconaughey that doesn't really seem to fit in or not matthew mcconaughey vigo mortensen that doesn't really seem to fit in anywhere so there uh next week I'll have a power ranking of the of the season of the Saw movies for you and then you can uh punch me in the face over that. All right then. We got a movie that I got a movie to get into. I'm going to go live on the Psycho Bunny Death Cult right about now. that's right inmates we're talking about the furies this is a this is a brand new movie pretty much right here it's from 2019 it's australian by the way what's going on with australia all of a sudden they're kick, they're turning out some kick-ass horror movies Have you guys seen the hounds of love that's a great one uh of course you got your your uh, wolf creek and the tv show based there on their thereof uh what else there's some great Australian horror movie. Oh, uh, what was that one we did? Uh, where the world's ending? These final hours. Check that shit out. That's more of like a weird pedophile drama. That no, it's not. It's not really. I don't know why I even said that, but it's got there's a pedophilic impl, you know connotations there, and that's pretty gnarly. It's about a mo- It's about it's a movie where the world's going to end in a couple hours, so people have like. People in Australia have like 12 hours before their shit blows up. So anyway, enough about that. Uh, the Furies, written and directed by Tony D'Aquino, uh got 5.2 stars on IMDb. I feel like it's missing some stars. And the reason it probably got docked a few off the bat is just because it's a horror movie. Horror movies never get that many stars just because they're horror movies. I don't think that's fair. We, You know what? We as horror fans need to start... Uh, logging on to IMDb and kicking these ratings up a little bit because I feel like horror movies, by and large, get shit on, and that's not cool, man. It's not. Fuck that. Anyway, uh, it stars Arlie Dodds, Linda No No, and Taylor Ferguson. All Australian actors, by the way. So this one is pretty. It's pretty wacky. Um, it's got like a Running Man kind of a vibe to it, or a uh, surviving the game or uh that one with steve austin what was that the condemned kind of a deal going on so we start off with two young ladies in australia i assume and um one of them is tagging a wall and what she writes on the wall is quote unquote fuck patriarchy there's an original thought um why not just say i'm angry at my dad it's fine i get what you're what you're doing here you're laying on a little thick though Uh, So we have these two young ladies. We have Maddie, who is the tagger, and uh, the other young lady, Kayla, who is... Just along for the ride, I guess. And because Mag- Maddie has chosen to tag this particular wall, she now, of course, wants Kayla to participate. Kayla's not interested. She's like, oh, I'm just a lookout. So uh, they get a little, little argument going on there about, how, oh, I've been watching out for you since you were the fourth gr- in the fourth grade. This is the kind of writing that we've come to expect from horror movies where we get a lot of unnecessary... Uh, exploratory dialogue that normally doesn't take place in everyday conversations. How many times have you had to identify somebody to themselves? You know, it just doesn't happen. You, you see your mom and you're like, Hey, you're my mother. You raised me since I was a baby. And now I'm mad at you. Nobody ever talks like that really. And, but I get it because we're like in the in the scope of a very short amount of a lot of time, we have to squeeze all this stuff in, and we don't really have time to get into these characters very much. So, thus, we have this weird. Um, I felt like there was some sexual tension in between these two. Odd mother's in the house. What's up, odd mother? Or odd mother? I'm, I'm just going to go with odd mother from now. Uh, so, felt like there was some sexual tension in between these two, Maddie and uh, Kayla. They end up getting themselves into a little bit of an argument there in the tunnel, the weird tagging tunnel um eventually maddie's like you know what i'm done taking care of you so go fuck yourself and then she goes walking out of the tunnel it's like late at late at night now so uh kayla's like oh god damn it all right Uh, maddie come on come on back here so she goes out there and just in time to see maddie get abducted by two dudes which is pretty scary uh maddie gets like um you just see her like get put into a hasty headlock and then dragged off somewhere. And then Kayla, who is like, oh, God, what the fuck is happening? She immediately gets hit in the head and knocked unconscious. Troy's in the house. What's up, Troy? Paranormal ambassador of the padded room right there. Uh, So that's pretty creepy. But now we're going to wake up. From there, we're going to get our opening sequence, which is people uh, basically performing like impromptu surgery on these two young ladies and doing a lot of stuff with their heads, which is fun and uh, it's unwelcomed. I mean, they didn't ask for that. Then they wake up. Well, we're going to stick with Kayla here for a while. Kayla is by and far. I am, Troy, I am flying solo again. I'm sorry. Um, Kayla is the more attractive of the two. She wakes up in a coffin out in the woods, presumably in Australia somewhere. Now, I've been to Australia, and I've been to less populated areas of Australia, and they are fucking creepy, man. I'll tell you that right now. It's like watching... Uh, It's like, I mean, I'm not even talking about like hillbillies and stuff. I'm just talking about like the trees and the wildlife and stuff like it It lends itself quite easily to the horror genre because you don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Regardless, she wakes up out there in a coffin, uh, gets woken up by like this weird alarm clock inside her coffin, pops out. She's in the woods, uh, starts looking around and we see stenciled on the side of her, her coffin beauty six that's the word and the number yes he is i'm bed sick so she says troy monica says she's sick again however you'll also notice buddy is also not here which thus leads me to believe that they are quite possibly having some kind of a weird romantic rendezvous and i wasn't invited so whatever buddy and monica i hope you uh are in a hot tub somewhere giving each other vds i'm just kidding i'm not really a prick uh what's up connor it's good to see you again uh we're talking about the furies so she wakes up in this coffin says beauty six on it now she gets out of the coffin starts staggering around and she's like oh god where's maddie maddie got taken too she's got to be around here somewhere so she's looking around now eventually she gets kind of picked up by these two other young ladies uh name of um sheena and alex and i don't know if you guys have seen this one or not but i'm getting like a very heavy kind of a i feel like these these ladies could end up having sex with each other at any point which i'm a big fan of but uh they're they're kind of butch these two and they, they stumble upon her and they're like, hey, what's going on? We just woke up in coffins. We don't know what's happening. And she's like, fucking hey, me too. What the hell? So she, they're like, you got a phone on you? Let's call somebody for help. So she's like feeling around. Nope, got no phone. Go back to the coffin to see if it's in there. Her coffin. Get back there. Of course, it's empty. And this is where we find out that um, Kayla is actually an epileptic because she goes into an epileptic seizure, which basically uh, causes her to just kind of stare off for 30 45 seconds at a time. Uh I don't know about epilepsy, but I I don't know I mean that doesn't seem that bad. I I do that I don't have epilepsy, but I do that all the time just because I'm sick of listening to the people that are talking to me, so I'll just kind of and eventually they'll go away. So maybe I do have epilepsy. Regardless, that's what happens uh, when she comes to. Alex is still there, but Sheena has taken off. So she's like, oh, God, how was, how long was I out? And she's like, oh, a minute or two. She's like, where's Sheena? She went to go get help. She went that way. So she's like, okay, let's go that way and see if we can catch up with her. So they start going that way after Sheena, Alex and Kayla. Um we get uh, a couple minutes go by. They're just walking through the woods. We get more exploratory dialogue about how uh, Kayla vaguely remembers some kind of a surgical procedure being done to her after her abduction. Alex doesn't remember shit. Uh, but at some point, they stumble upon a dude running around the woods with a mask on, and he's carrying an axe, and he's got blood stains and shit. So they're like, "Fucking stay away from that guy!" They go taking off running now. They run, they hide. Uh, the dude doesn't see him, so we're doing pretty good. But as they're hiding, Kayla goes into another epileptic fit. And this time, we're going to see what she sees in the throes of this epileptic seizure. Now, she gets kind of, we're going to cut to her kind of point of view. And she gets like all matrixy, like pixelated all of a sudden. And then she's basically seeing the dude, like, from his point of view, the guy with the ax creeping up on her. So it's like she just kind of like, she's playing a first person shooter all of a sudden, except now she's playing as that dude. And that's kind of creepy. Cause so she's like, Oh fuck. He's right over there. And he's looking at me. All right. That's interesting. So, but unfortunately she has to go into this epileptic seizure state to see that. And once she does, Alex is like, Oh fuck me. I can't carry her. And this guy, the ax man over here is about to, Slice me in two, so I'm gonna get, go ahead and get the fuck out of here. So she goes hauling ass, and the Axeman sees her, so he starts running after her. This part is gnarly and at the same time a little silly. So we get a very cool cat and mouse thing between Alex and the Axeman. Um, Axeman catches her, of course, uh, pins her up against a tree, and then takes his his full on double bit axe holds her against the tree and very slowly cuts her face off like lengthwise, like sideways so that like from here and then out this side. But it takes them like, I don't know, felt like about 10 minutes actually to do that. So I don't think that that's how that works. That has to be a very, very sharp ax to pull something like that off. Regardless, Alex gets defaced. She's now out of the picture. And Kayla saw this whole shit from the perspective of the axeman, which is kind of cool. Let's talk about this axeman for a minute. Big guy appears to be wearing a prison jumpsuit, wearing a mask that is pretty fucking gnarly. It's uh for for lack of a better description, it's like somebody wrapped um like a like a garbage bag around his head and then just burned random holes for eyes, nose, and mouth. So it's the guy is pretty pretty scary. So kayla's like well i'm not going that way and i saw what he did to her so fuck that shit she goes hauling ass she's like i'm out of here dude no 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 not doing it not doing that shit Axeman eventually gets onto her trail starts following her so but she can kind of see what he's seeing so she's like well he's back there i'm gonna keep hauling ass this way comes to a clearing in the woods and by clearing i mean There's no more. It's not like a clearing. It's like the edge of the woods, I should say. So she's like, okay, I made it out. Perfect. But then she's looking out, and it's just like a vast expanse of nothing past these woods. So she's like, well, I'm out here in the open fucking. I'm just going to haul ass and hope for the best. So she just goes hauling ass across this, like, desert plain plateau kind of a thing. Gets going pretty good. Moving at a pretty good clip. Uh, She sees, like, these weird... uh, they look like uh, the speakers that you'd find at a, at a drive-in movie theater just kind of sticking out randomly. So she's like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't really have time. So she's hauling ass. Um, when she gets too close to these things, like her ears start ringing real bad. And they, go, they start flashing red lights. So it's like she's trapped, and these fucking things are like the barrier is what we're saying. And she can't go past them or she gets this crazy headache. So she's like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Turns around and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. She sees another young lady running in at the in the same direction. Young lady with a dress on. Just behind her, though, is the axe man. And she's like, oh, fuck. So she hides behind this weird uh, wheelbarrow carriage type of an operation. Like, oh, I'm going to hide here. And then she sees the axe man throw his axe at the other chick, catches her right in the back. And she's like, oh, fuck, this, this broad's going to get it. But then the ax man like goes over to her and then he turns around and sees Kayla hiding and he just gives her one of these. Hey, how's it going? Hey. And then she's like, oh, wave back at him. And then he's like about to kill the other chick. But then another dude comes running out of the woods. And this guy looks like a fucking psychopath even more than the axeman because this dude's got like a sickle on him and he's wearing some other guy's face. He's wearing like some other guy's body, for lack of a better understanding. Wild Bill's in the house. What's up, Bill? We're talking about the Furies. Here comes this other fucking psycho coming out of the woods with a sickle, and he's doing like, like gimp noises, like. So the Axe Man's like, what is this fucking guy? So, but like the gimp, the. I shouldn't call him a gimp. The guy wearing everybody else's skin is hauling ass towards Kayla. Um. The axe man is about to kill this other broad and he's like, what the fuck? So he goes in like jumps in front of the sickle guy and then they start fighting. They're fighting each other, which is like crazy. Two slashers going at it in the middle of a fucking desert. It's gnarly. Uh, Big fist fight. While that's going on, Kayla's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Goes and grabs the other chick that the axe man was about to kill, carries her back into the woods. So that's pretty cool. She just saved that chick. Uh, we get a little dialogue between those two. She, the other, uh, lady introduces herself as Sally and she's like, I'm a good person. I don't do anything to deserve this. And Kayla's like, yeah, me neither. I was just hanging around a tunnel and then out of nowhere. And she's like, yeah, I was at my house and fucking here I am now being chased around the woods by a couple of fucking psychos. So she can't walk though. She took that, that ax square in the back. You know what I'm saying? Like right in the fucking spine tom's in the house what's up tom and that i mean i don't know what that does to a person but it can't be good because it's right on the goddamn spine man so uh kayla's like gotta help her into the woods so that's good she gets her to like a out of the the, the open there cut back to the fight between the axe man and sickle boy sickle boy has gotten the better of the axeman. Uh, he's punched the shit out of him and knocked him down, probably knocked him out. Then he went and got a sickle and like just starts slashing open the ax man's chest. And then he's like hobbling back after the two girls, which is bad news for them. Uh, but cut back to them inside the forest. Kayla finds like a hollowed out tree and hides Sally inside it. It's never a positive acupuncture type of ax to the spine. You're exactly right, Tom. That is not a, uh... It's not a therapeutic kind of a a thing. Whenever the axe hits the spine, I don't think that's what you want. I mean, I could be wrong. I know there's a lot of experimental medicines out there, but I say no if I can opt out of that particular procedure. Regardless, uh, she manages to hide Sally in like a tree trunk and cover her up with a bunch of, of sticks and twigs and shit. And she's like, look, man, I can't carry you but I'm going to go see if I can find some help and uh, you just be stay here. Be quiet. Don't try to live. Try to keep breathing. That's what we want to do. So away goes Kayla off into the fucking woods again. Sally's still there. Uh, now, we don't know at this point whether or not the man is still a part of this situation. But we're going to get back to him in a minute. So Kayla's hauling ass through the woods. She's like, fuck me. I got to find some help. I gotta find maybe Sheena is still out here. Maddie is my best friend is probably still out here somewhere too. I gotta track her down. All right, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get cracking here. So she comes to what is kind of alluded to being an abandoned mining town somewhere in Australia. I be- oddly enough, I believe the map said it was called Eureka, which uh, we have a Eureka here in Nevada also, and it's not quite abandoned, but it probably should be at this point. <laughs> So she gets to this abandoned mining town and she's like, "Okay, what the fuck? This is like a historic site." All it, lo- it looks like a old west a ban- it's like a old west ghost town is what it is. But it's like uh, situated in these hills and the woods and, you know, a lot of cover there. It's great. She gets in there, she's like, "I'm going to find a fucking phone or somebody that can help me, maybe a goddamn uh I don't know, a laptop, computer, somebody left their Facebook on, I'll get I'll get the fuck out of here." First, she goes into one of the structures, which struck me as a bit of like a uh, blacksmith type of a deal. Goes in there, and there happens to be Sheena, who hauled ass at the beginning of the movie, and she's like, "Hey, man!" It's like, "Hey, you just left Alex, and you know, Alex stayed with you." Sheena's a bit of a bitch. to Be honest with you, she's probably the hottest young lady in this movie, but she's a bit of a bitch um she gets in there and there's another young lady with sheena a young asian lady named uh rose so she talks to sheena she talks to rose for a few minutes they go outside and then um kayla is just looking out the window like oh fuck now again this is a blacksmith kind of an operation so there's like a lot of hammers and tools she gets herself a big knife and then she's just looking out the window, and all of a sudden somebody touches her, so she just whips around real fast and catches a third young lady right in the neck. Young lady by the name of Evelyn, and uh, she Evelyn's of course going to bleed out immediately, psh, 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 blood all over the place. Then of course comes back in Sheena and Rose, and they're like, "Dude, you just killed fucking Evelyn!" And she's like, "Hey, man, it was an accident. I was just looking out the window. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm sorry." And uh, but she snuck up on me and you know, with a machete to the neck. I just turned around too fast. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, was, You guys know her or good friends? I don't know. Uh, come to find out that Evelyn was in the same situation. They are. They're all, you know, stuck on this, this weird wooded area with all these killers, and we don't know what the fuck is going on. So that's pretty creepy. Uh, Right about now, we're going to cut back to... Sally, who's back at the old, uh, the weird tree trunk situation, the hidey hole in the tree trunk. Um, Sally's there and unfortunately Scythe Boy has found her. So he, you know, gets her out of the trees and he drags her outside and she's screaming and kicking and all that shit. Uh, Back at the abandoned abandoned mining town, Kayla steps out for a second because it's getting a little hostile inside the blacksmith thing. And she immediately gets uh, assaulted by a guy wearing a pig mask. What is it with slashers and pig masks? I feel like uh, there are definitely more intimidating animals that you could go with in the animal mask spectrum. Is is the pig supposed to be uh, conducive of something? I have no idea. But he's got a pig mask on, and he's uh, he's got a machete, and he's swiping it at her, and she's about to get killed, and it's getting very tense. <clears throat> Cut back to Sally in the tree trunk. Scythe Boy has dragged her out of the tree trunk. Uh, done like a reverse chicken wing with her on the uh, like takes like puts like a tree trunk and then bends her arms behind the the tree trunk and just basically pulls her arms off and kills Sally. Sally's now out of the equation. Now, as soon as he does that, and Sally actually expires, cut back to Kayla, who's fighting for her life against Pig Boy, Pig Boy's head just explodes. Boom! Blood and guts and skull tissue all over the fucking wow! And Kayla's like, what the shit was that? that guy was about to stab me with a machete and then his head just exploded. She's looking around thinking maybe a sniper or something, but then she starts looking at the dead body. He's got a goddamn explosive collar on him. Or he did. Not explosive anymore, I suppose. Hey, it's the late, late horror shows in the house. What's going on, guys? I'm talking about the Furies. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Spot on. If you if you haven't, it's on Shutter Streaming. If you uh, want to check it out, anyway, um, blows Pig Boy's head right off. Pow. So now she's like, "What the fuck? This guy's running around killing people, and he's got an explosive collar on his neck the whole time." So, thus, we're kind of leaning towards he not want, really wanting to kill anybody, but maybe he's being forced to also, which probably means the rest of these lunatics are forced to as well. So that's that's kind of fucked up. Regardless. They're a bunch of sickos running around with masks on, killing people, uh, trying to save their own heads in the process. Fair enough. Fair enough. So she goes back to the blacksmith where um, Rose and Sheena are there, and they've kind of gathered themselves a little bit. And she reports back what she found. Hey, this guy was coming at me, and then his head just exploded. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, that kind of happened because a little while ago, somebody was coming at me, and his head exploded. So they like they kind of do some some very quick math, very quick thinking, and they come to realize. Um, and I'm going to blaze right through this because there's a whole conversation behind this. But basically, what we have here is eight young ladies in the woods, eight slashers also in the woods. Okay, each the, for for the purpose, for the mechanic of this weird interactive experience. Uh, they're beauties and their are beasts. Slashers being the beasts, young ladies being the beauties. So, Kayla came out of her coffin. Her coffin said Beauty 6, which means there's also a Beast 6. So, Beast 6 has to protect Kayla, her his beauty, and hopefully eliminate the rest of the beauties, thus killing the other slashers in the process. Pretty dope, right? That sounds like a, a kick-ass video game. Now... This poses some interesting problems and conundrums because, as Sheena is about to point out, if the beast's beauty gets eliminated, the beast's head immediately explodes. And thus, they're both eliminated. So, this makes things pretty intense and interesting because in this blacksmith office, shack, whatever you want to call it, we have Rose, Sheena, and Caleb. And we still have Maddie somewhere out in the field unaccounted for. Um, In the throes of this, just doing some quick math, uh, should Sheena or Rose decide to kill Kayla, they would also be eliminating her beast. Thus, there's one less killer out there looking for them. That makes things very intense very quickly because they're like, oh shit, we could work together... Or I could kill both you bitches and have not only you two not to worry about anymore, but also the fucking slashers that are attached to you two bitches. And, you know, I find my guy and we can, me and my slasher, whoever he might be, we might just walk right out of here, you know? I mean, it's just good math. I hate to be a dick about this, but it's true. So that not being, you know, that being understood... They're like, hey, dude, we should probably work together. And Sheena's like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, I don't think we need to work together. I think I need to find a way to kill you two. And they're like, okay, dude, you're freaking us right out. So Kayla and Rose are like, okay, we're, we're out of here, man. You're freaking us out. So Kayla and Rose go to leave. Scythe boy walks into the camp, and they spot him, and he spots them. So he's walking around, and we get a little chase between the three of them. Scythe boy's running around. While that's going on, a third slash—or I guess, yeah—a third slasher rolls into town. This guy's got himself a—he's um, got—he's got like a wood mask on. It's pretty creepy. It's a creepy-looking mask, and it's like weathered wood. And he's just kind of leering around. Hey, fucking shit! Woo, where is everybody? What's going on here? Now, here's the thing: I don't think that the slashers know who their beauties are. Well, I don't think they've been given any inkling. But somehow, you know, I don't know. But it doesn't work in the adverse. So if, if you're a beauty and your slasher dies, you don't have an explosive collar on. Only the slashers do. So that's why that's why Kayla's still alive, despite the man dying, assuming he was her slasher, which we don't know, and assuming he's dead, which we also don't know. Think about that shit. In the meantime... Uh, Scythe boy with everybody else's skin on him rolls up, spots them and goes taking off after them. They hide in a different building. Uh, they are stuck in there, and Scythe boy is running around. So they decide they have to tunnel their way out of the building to get. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. Now that I think about it, I don't know why they did that. That seems pretty silly. They could just go out a window or a door. Probably make a little more noise that way, but. Fucking tunnel, tunnel your way out. That's going to help anyway. Tunnels their way out. Uh, Kayla gets out. Uh, Rose is on her way out. Let's talk about Rose for a second before we move on. I don't know what's up with this chick. Um, she's got like an Asian schoolgirl thing going on. She appears to be in her late twenties, but she acts like an Asian schoolgirl as well. Uh, a lot, a lot of ooh, ooh a lot of that stuff. A lot of, uh, you're supposed to be my friends, you're supposed to protect me, and uh, things like that. And she's very dependent and a little bit on the jealous side also. So, um, uh, Kayla gets out, tunnels her way out of the building, Rose is right behind her, but then Scythe Boy goes into the building and grabs Rose by the feet. So now we have like a weird tug-of-war... With, Ro- with Scythe Boy and Kayla over Rose. Eventually, they ha- Kayla has to let Rose go because she's like getting her stomach slit open on the-, the corrugated steel of the shack. So she lets her go, and she's like, hey, don't let him see your face, because if he finds out that you're not his... Yeah, you- that's exactly right, Tom. Rose is all Sailor Moon with everybody. That's ex- Yes, and that can get very pervy, which I'm not going to... I'm not, we're not even going to do that. We're talking about slashers and stuff. Anyway, uh, he's, she's like, Hey, don't let him see your face, dude. It, you go on in there, but try to cover your face. Because if he realizes that you're not his beauty, then he's going to kill you. And thus, well, you don't want that, do you? So she's like, okay, goes back through. And then like, she, they're like, you know, slapping at each other, trying to get to Rose's face. And he's, she's trying to keep him off him. Uh, Kayla's like, sorry, babe, not much I can do about this. So I'm gonna go ahead and take right off. So she just goes running out into the woods, gets like a quarter mile down the road while Rose is still slap fighting with slasher boy. And then has one of her, her weird spells, her epileptic seizures this time. Uh, she, you know, fades off into the distance again, but this time she gets all matrixy and she sees somebody else. Through somebody else's eyes, I should say. And this time, our first-person shooter, for lack of a better term, uh, like pulls like a he's got like a weird shanty like thing set up, and he opens a door. And as soon as he opens the door, he's looking right at Maddie, who's uh, Kayla's best friend. So she's like, "Oh my God, Maddie's alive!" And then he closes. So basically, what we're saying here is that every time Kayla goes into one of her epileptic seizures. She gets to see through the perspective of one of the slashers. Hey, Crackhouse Matt's in the house. We don't know which one she's looking through, though, or where this dude is or what's going on, but apparently he has captured himself, Maddie, who's probably his uh, beauty to, that he's got to protect, and thus uh, she gets to get a little sneak peek through his peepers for a minute, which is kind of neat. But she knows Maddie's alive, and that's pretty cool. And now she's like she snaps out of it. She's like, oh turns around and Sheena's right there with the machete. Now Sheena is also trying to kill Kayla because she wants to, she doesn't want to kill Kayla. Maybe she does. I don't know. But really she wants to eliminate Kayla slasher, which makes sense. Although theoretically, if the Axeman was Kayla slasher, he's already dead. There's no need to kill Kayla, right? We, she, I don't know that Sheena knows that that might just be a plot hole. Regardless. Um, so we have, like, a tense standoff between these two. Uh, Kayla's got, like, a uh, like a hunting knife, and Sheena's got, like, a machete. And Sheena's like, hey, man, I got to kill you because I, I don't want to, but I got to kill you because your slasher is still running around. I don't want that guy coming at me. And Kayla's like, hey, 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 hey. How about instead... We just work together and we find a way out of here and nobody has to get killed. And Sheena's like, mm, I don't know about that. And then Sheena's head just splits open like a, uh, I don't know, like a fucking fly trap or something. Just And behind her is the ax man who is still alive. And that's pretty cool. He's got his whole chest and stomach all ripped open and there's intestines dangling and all that shit. It's nasty, but he's still alive and he just killed Sheena. So, in case we hadn't already figured it out, and we hadn't done the math, now we know for sure that the Axe Man is Kayla's beast to her beauty. So he's got to protect her, and she knows that now because she remembers him waving at her and all that stuff. So he, she's got like the the hunting knife, and he's got the axe, and they're like, you know, he's like struggling to breathe. He's in bad shape. The Axe Man. He's still one of the scarier slashers, but he's like, oh god, I know. While that's going on, we're going to cut back to the mining town. Uh we have um Sickle Boy and Rose like pawing at each other trying to and then here comes the guy with the weird uh distressed wood mask that's kind of creepy. He comes in with a hunting knife. Him and um Sickle Boy are going at it now and they're fighting. But as soon as the Axe Man splits Sheena's uh head, the wood mask guy's head explodes. Boom. But he has already wounded uh, Sickle Boy to a point of he, he's dead. He's bleeding out. So that's pretty cool, right? We're we're doing pretty good. So at this point, as far as, as Killers versus, or Beauties versus Beasts, I should say, goes, we have on the Beauty side, we have Rose, we have Kayla, and we have Maddie out there somewhere. On the Beast side, really all we have left is whoever that mysterious guy was that's guarding uh, Maddie. So... Rose and Kayla reunited, it feels so good, because it feels so good, quote, uh, horrible song, Uh, and they are now going to go find Maddie, and they're like, hey, high five, we got rid of some of these killers, let's go find Maddie, and maybe we can find a way out of here, that sounds great, that sounds like a good way to go, so they go taking off, Kayla has an idea of where she is because she saw through the other killer's perspective. So they go running around. uh, They find her in like a weird canyon and she's been covered up this whole time by her killer. Now, um, they get to Maddie and they pop her out and they're like, hey, Maddie. And Kayla's like, oh, Maddie, I missed you so much. And they hug and kiss and everything's great. Rose, at this point, gets very uh, jealous. She's like are we going to get out of here or not? I thought you were my friend. And she's like, they just kind of ignore her because they're too, you know, happy with each other. And then she's like, Hey Kayla, why don't you tell Maddie about all the girls you had to kill? And she's like, what, how could you, what you killed girls. And she's like, yeah, by the way, while you've been taking a nap in your fucking weird shanty sleeping area. The rest of us have been out there fighting for our fucking lives with all these slashers and shit. Rose is getting really passive aggressive with Maddie. I feel like there was some sexual tension between her and Kayla maybe or there was more I don't know it, it, it's like a weird love triangle thing. It could have very easily gone into pornoland. Just saying. I'm not saying I wanted it to. I wouldn't be mad if it did though. Anyway, um once as soon as they're having like this whole three-way argument over who killed who and who's going to protect who and you're my friend and she you can't be her friend. all this weird shit while that's going on maddie's killer comes walking down the hill he's got an owl mask on owl mask i feel like makes a lot more sense than the pig mask in the pantheon of animal masks that a slasher could wear i'm minorly more afraid of an owl than i am a pig just i mean pigs can be gnarled especially in the wild but I don't know, just on face value, I feel like an owl could like, peck and scratch one's eyes out. James in the house. What's up, Jim? Uh, talking about the Furies from uh, 2019. Streaming on Shudder right now. Uh, just coming in here at the end. So here comes this dude. He's got a pitchfork. Uh, who wouldn't rather have an owl mask? I agree. I mean, if if I feel like if I'm going to wear a pig mask, then there's going to be some kind of a fat connotation behind it. And um, I could lose a few pounds, and I don't need to be any more self-conscious than I already am. I don't need to be assigned a pig mask to tell me I should probably cut back on the the Arby's and the KFC. Regardless, now I'm going to cry. God damn it. All right, moving right along. Here comes this guy in a pig mask. He's got a pitchfork on him. Now, Kayla sees this, immediately goes into one of her epileptic seizures. Whoa. And when she does, she's watching... Through the the you know the perspective of the guy in the mask, so she's seeing she's basic she's basically walking down the hill with the the, the pitchfork. So um, we have Maddie, who at, up to this point in the movie has been pretty much oblivious to everything that's been happening, and she's like, oh, "Oh, who's this guy? He's the one that put me in the the weird sleep chamber metal cocoon thing." And Rose is right behind her, who is now like. Battle hardened and tested and knows how this game is played. So Rose quickly produces a knife from behind her back and slits Maddie's throat on the spot, lets her bleed out. The guy in the owl mask, the slasher dude, is like, wait, 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 wait. And then, kaboom, his head explodes. A uh, few minutes later, Kay- uh, Kayla comes out of her epileptic funk. And then she's like, what? Hey, what? Whoa, what? What's going on here? Sees uh, dead Maddie. And she's like, oh, my God, you killed Maddie. Yo, you killed Maddie. Bro. And she's like, hey, Rose is like, hey, dude, I was protecting you. I It was either kill her or kill the uh, guy with the pitchfork. Probably going to kill all three of us. Typical per- Pearl Harbor. What? Typical Pearl Harbor move by Rose. I mean, let us we don't need to bring her ethnicity into this, Tom, but I feel like she made the logical move there because, number one, she wasn't a fan of Maddie, and to be honest with you, neither was I. Uh, Maddie was a bit of a bitch in the beginning during the little tagging episode, and she basically got a free pass during the whole shit. She didn't even have to get out of bed, really. She just laid in that weird um, trash heap there and let her uh, slasher do all the work. These other chicks are out here fighting for their lives and getting their arms pulled off and shit like that. Just saying. I'm not, on the, the pantheon of chicks that are in this movie, uh, I would put Maddie at the, at the very bottom. Rose, did, I, I don't know that Rose did the right thing, but I feel like she did the logical thing. And she, let's be honest, she's trying to protect Kayla probably because she wants to have sex with Kayla, which I'm not opposed to uh, regardless, Kayla's all butthurt all of a sudden, no, you killed Maddie, she was my best friend, and she's like, hey, 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 I killed her to protect you, I'm your best friend, okay, I just killed somebody to protect your fucking ass while you were having your epileptic seizure, so maybe you need to rethink who was your best friend and who wasn't, and then, uh, to make a long story short, Rose kind of goes a little on the psycho side right here, because she's like,
1: ah,
0: and then goes just hauling ass into the woods, or at least back to the mining town, uh, cut back to Kayla. She's like, my best friend. Oh, everybody is dead and all this shit. She just goes walking. She's just like, goes get into like a catatonic state, just goes walking, goes back to that open expanse area where all the drive-in speakers were. And she's like, I'm fucking, I'm just going to leave. As she gets closer to them, they turn from red to green and she just goes walking off into the distance. But, before she does, she's like, oh, wait a minute. And this is something I kind of glazed over. What we found out back at the, the black sh- blacksmith shop is that during that weird surgical sequence right after the abduction, these girls had bizarro neurotransplants put into their eyeballs. Well, only one eye, mind you. And, uh, she discovered that by cutting the eye out of the chick that she accidentally killed with the machete and taking a look at it, seeing all the circuitry and shit. So she's like, you know what? Fuck that. She cuts her own eyeball out, leaves it on the ground and then goes walking off into the distance. Uh, that's more or less the end of your movie. We do get a little bit of a prologue when, uh, after Kayla goes off into the distance, um, we see another dude, like a very rich looking guy who's watching the whole thing on, like, some VR goggles. And he's all pissed off because he's watching Alex get defaced at the beginning. He's like, this feed is shit. That's, like, all slow and laggy. He's like, this is bullshit. Uh, He takes the VR goggles off and he calls somebody to complain to the manager when all of a sudden Rose, or not Rose, um, Kayla shows up in his house and tases him and, uh, you know, starts... Uh, interrogating him. I want to know who set this up and who profits from this and I want to know who owns this operation. And Kayla is now having like delusions of uh, Maddie showing up and like egging her on to do all this shit. Make a long story short, she cuts that dude's eye out but then we cut back to the main play area where Rose is still there with a machete. I I, I assume a couple of weeks have gone by and she's still just kind of walking around all psycho-like and the there's like a guy in a control room and he's like, ready for the next match. Prepare last, last match's winner. Here we go. And that's pretty much the end of your movie. So that's what it amounts to is really like a big game show kind of a thing where hot chicks get killed and so do these nutsack slasher dudes. Pretty good show, man. I thought. I love the concept of it. So the real question here is, imagine if all of a sudden Michael Myers had to protect Laurie Strode from Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. And that's your base concept of the movie. And it's somehow being televised or recorded via weird ocular implants. And, uh, you know, people are paying. I I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I would pay if this were like some kind of a WWE thing where nobody really got hurt, I would pay to watch it. I would like to know more about the slashers. I'd like to know their backstories and what their fucking problems are. The masks, were the masks assigned to them? They had some cool masks. Um, did they get to pick their weapons? They all appeared to be wearing prison jumpsuits at the beginning. Um, so were they I assume they were prisoners, right? Or at least at the very least like psychological inmates, I don't know. But I would like to know more about this game of death and, you know, uh that was a good show. I really liked it. Lots of blood, no boobs, unfortunately. Um but the 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 concept of the slasher having to protect uh one of the the uh one of his 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 own personal final girl in a way is very cool to me. They re- repurposed wood Woodmass shows care about the environment. Um it's true. It's true, Tom. Um except the guy with the pig head that looked like an authentic pig head. I don't know. Did you notice the music was almost the same as Crawl's? Uh, I did not notice that, Monica, but I'm sure you're right. I think Crawl was Crawl. No, Crawl wasn't Australian. But um, I think, dude, be honest with you, Australia's kicking out some some pretty badass horror movies these days, right? Uh, this is a good one. I already, I already ran you down the list of all the cool Australian horror movies. James Wan, Australian. Lee Winnell, Australian um, dude, well, let's just go to Australia. We got people over there. They'll take care of us. Right. What did you guys think of, uh, no, no, you did not. I'm all right. Well, whatever. Uh, what did you guys think of the Furies? If you guys have seen it, it's a great show. I recommend you check it out. It's streaming right now on shutter. Uh, if you don't have shutter, there are various swashbuckling avenues you can approach to get access to this movie i think it's probably on amazon prime if you don't mind renting it dude rent it i'm telling you three bucks who gives a shit rent it watch it you'll thank me for it later or i'm gonna buy the blu-ray is what i'm gonna do because i really dig this one um yeah i would love to see what the special features are maybe there's some bonus deleted scenes that gets into the backstories of these guys which is something i want to know about so yeah, I say check this one out. It's from Miss Monica here in Miss Monica Month in the Padded Room. Uh, Monica, if you're still with me, let me know what we're doing for next week. Cause I know, I think she was talking about Poultrygeist, but I don't want to do Poultrygeist. I want to do like a real horror movie. <laughs> I don't want to do anything that involves uh, a finger in the butt, Monica. Do you have a movie without a finger in the butt, or is that like a prerequisite? I don't know. Also, uh, no exploding diarrhea. I mean, it's your month, man. You tell me what we want to do, and I'll make it happen. But if you want to go easy on the D man, maybe think about something other than Poultrygeist. Either way, um, I think that's about that's about all we have to say about uh, the Furies. Definitely worth checking out. On shutter right now and uh, do that. I'm gonna. T- we're gonna take us a little break and we'll come back with some other stuff. G'day, mate. Welcome to Australia, home of baby-eating dingoes,
1: hundred different animals ready to kill ya. Mick Taylor, Mick Dundee, and twenty other guys called Mick. Oh, and the dumbest bloke on planet Earth. Well, I'm Ben, and I'm here to learn about horror films. <laughs> but fear not. I've come to help this poor special needs kid as I make him sit down and watch some of the greatest and not so greatest horror films out there in our podcast, Horror for Dummies. Hooray! So join us every week on the Padded Room Network as we talk about horror films old and new and listen to some favourite tracks while we spray some spiders. So the question stands, where the bloody hell are ya? So jump onto your kangaroo and hop on over to the Padded Room Network. (shriek) you <shriek> the frights for today, perhaps you would enjoy some more frights that the Padded Room Network has in store for you. Well, if just by following the links below, you could find yourself in many worlds of horror, including Wicked Wednesdays with Alan and Shelly Easterling, Horror for Dummies with Tim and Jaleesa D. Survive with Paul Stevenson and Marco Pastos. The Resurrection of Zombie 7 Podcast with Ron Martin and Jessica Feeney. Dark History with Sarah Nowinski. Oh, and you cannot forget... The Psych Ward with Darian and Mandy. There are so many frights for you that are just waiting a click away. Oh, uh, Igor, c- c- come closer with that cock monster. My, my anal gist is, uh, uh, they're purging too much. I, go watch the shows. I mean, listen to them. This is a podcast. You listen, you don't watch. Plug my ass, Igor. I'm making no sense. <laughs> 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 Laugh with me, Igor. Laugh with me. Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Patterdroom Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at patterdroom.podbean.com
0: and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. Oh, geez. You know what I didn't... what I didn't think to even consider about the Furies... and the bizarro game show that, you know, the movie is based on, what happens to the winners? I mean, you see, you got you got a, a slasher and his survivor girl. Do they just carry into the next game? Because that really sucks. I think I'd rather lose, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't want to die, but I don't want to spend however long just holed up in this wilderness area, killing everybody that comes into into it for no reason. That sucks, man. I don't want any part of that. I think I'd rather, um, well, I don't, like if I had to pick one of the slashers to do me in, I definitely wouldn't be Scythe Boy because I don't want my arms pulled off. Uh, Probably the Axeman is your, your, well, I don't want to be defaced either. That's pretty uh, gnarly. I imagine the dude with the wood mask is probably your best bet. He just had a little hunting knife. I mean, he'll do you in pretty good, but I don't see him like getting crazy or anything like that. He was probably the smallest one of the slashers, too. Anyway, enough about that. It's about time to get into the old Terra Dome, kiddos. You ready for this? No tears, please. It's a waste
1: of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash him right the fuck in. <laughs> I'll kill you all.
2: <laughs> I drive you crazy. I'll
1: kill you all. Make your worst dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, with blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Teradome. It's Teradome Time. Started off with last week's winner. Singles competition. We had Pyramid Head versus Celine from uh, the Underworld movies. Bullets ricocheted off the corrugated steel of the demon's head. The blade swung wide and often, but Selene danced over, around, and underneath the demon's attempts to cleave. Bullets did little to dissuade it, but in the end, miniature thermite bombs planted on the demon's cranium detonated and left little left of the demon other than rusted steel. With a tie of 6-6, six to Selene six, is going to advance over Pyramid Head. Terra Dome rules dictate that in the event of a tie, whichever character has appeared in the most movies takes the win, and in this case, it's clearly Celine. Only two Silent Hill movies. What are we up to? Five or six uh, Underworlds now? There you have it. Celine with a win, a big win, an upset win over Pyramid Head. Let's take a look at the team's competition, shall we? The party was over. The kids were dead, and the gold had been replaced in its hiding spot. Scattered amongst the dead vacationers were a few other bodies, armed to the teeth and bearing strange animal masks. With a vote of 10-2, to the Nazi zombies advance over the home invaders. I think we all saw that one coming. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, They're just people, man. I mean, they got guns, and they're sneaky and shit, but really, at the end, they're just people. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Asylum Conference Round 12 singles competition, as usual, inmates. Bear with me. Uh, I'm not very good at writing things, and I've had a couple of uh, cocktails this evening, too. So I'm sure you've already noticed. Here we go. It had been decades since Frank left Camp Crystal Lake, but the memories and scars made it feel like it was just yesterday. Surviving those final nights, finding all of his friends and fellow counselors butchered and the inevitable PTSD that followed made him as much a victim as any of the dead kids. Substance abuse, a long criminal record, and what the pros called survivor's guilt were his trophies, rage as well, powerful, uncontrollable rage, and an appetite for vengeance. Then, on the run from the U.S. authorities, he makes his way to Cambodia in rumors of a relic. A simple toy box that is said to open doorways to other worlds. For Frank, any world is better than his. Acquiring the box was easy. Getting it, and himself, past U.S. Customs, wasn't. But now, on a lonely canoe in the middle of a sleepy lake, next to an abandoned summer camp, Frank finds his strength and bravery. He opens the box and walks through the door. In singles competition, we have Pinhead versus Jason Voorhees. Now, let's take a look at some of the old Friday the 13th movies. Jason, unstoppable, I'll give you that. But, well, let me rephrase that. Not quite unstoppable, but unkillable. Um, What you can do with Jason is restrain him and keep him restrained for quite a while, actually. If you look at... uh, what was that part 6 I believe they chain, they put a rock they put a chain around his neck and sunk him to the bottom of the lake and there he sat for quite a while So chains um uh, easily you know he didn't break the chain and apparently he was alive the whole time underneath the lake so if he can't break the chain I know a guy that has a lot of chains and that's Pinhead and for that reason I'm going with Pinhead in this one Singles competition, Pinhead versus Jason Voorhees. I'm taking Pinhead. Let's take a look at the team's competition, shall we? We are still in the Asylum Conference, round 12. After answering a distressed call on LV-426, the cruiser was headed back to Earth as fast as possible. The events that took place on the faraway planet were a mystery, but the artifacts and geological specimens recovered would be priceless to the Whalen yutani Corporation. The captain and crew would all be rich beyond their wildest dreams. Then one of the specimens, previously thought dead, comes alive and attaches itself to a, to a crewman's face. The crewman goes comatose and is quarantined until the specimen falls off and dies. The captain is notified but doesn't seem to care. He has a growing preoccupation with something else found on LV-426. An artifact of seeming human origin. A small wooden box with ornate carvings on each side. If anyone had bothered to check the captain's quarters, they would find endless research done on the box and its origins. Begging the question, was it a distress call that took them to LV-426 or desire? Team's competition, we have the Cenobites versus the Xenomorphs. I'm gonna double down on Hellraiser this week and take the Cenobites as well. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, "D fucking xenomorphs. Xenomorphs have acid blood. What hooks, chains? Those are all metal. The fucking blood is gonna eat right through that." But at the same time, it's the xenomorph's blood. So if we've gotten to the point where they're, uh, you know, using the acid blood, that means they're already bleeding and probably. Going to die anyway. I'm taking the Cenobites over the Xenomorphs. Those are your Teradome matchups for the weekend, mates. In singles competition, it's Jason Voorhees versus Pinhead. Teams competition, you got your uh, Xenomorphs versus the Cenobites. Think about those matchups. Hit us with uh, your votes by next week if you get a chance. The uh, area, the uh, mental health hotline is area code 775-3870-275. Or you get us on the regular old email at room 2011 at hotmail.com. Or you don't have to vote in the terradome. If you want to tell me to fuck off, uh, you didn't like or you did like Texas Chainsaw 3D. I'd love to hear that. I I, I know it has its issues. I still didn't mind it. Uh, tell us if you get a chance to watch uh, the immersion therapy. Whatever else you want to talk. I mean, hey, I'm here for you guys. You know, you do you want relationship advice? It's not going to be good, but I'll dole it out anyway. I don't care, man. I you, you're It's your time, so whatever you want to talk about, I'll talk about. In the meantime, let's do uh, some What Are You Looking At, shall we? What are you looking at? I just got two movies in this week. Uh, My Little Sister from 2016. I actually did an episode of Insomnia over uh, on the Patreon page on this one. It's fine. It's not bad. It's, uh, you know, it's lo- it's a low budget slasher, but it's got everything we ask for. It's got boobs and blood and people get killed. And um, it's Italian, actually, also. And uh, I've been shot in Italy. Um, other than that, it's pretty much standard slasher fare, you know. Kids go out in the woods. Kids get killed. You know, a little uh, hanky-panky involved beforehand. We get to see some nipples. It's it's fine. I can't complain about it. But if you want to see a movie that you're going to forget completely about 10 minutes after you've seen it, it's going to be My Little Sister, which the title, by the way, makes no sense because the the killer calls himself My Little Sister. It's clearly a guy and, uh, you know, i don't I don't know it never really elaborates on why he calls himself that anyway watch that one also watched Wendigo from two thousand one. This one's interesting. glass eye picks from Larry Fessenden. he does make an appearance in it, of course uh what you have here is a family on vacation that runs afoul of the local rubes out in the woods um make a long story short the rubes. One of the rubes kills the father of the family, and the Wendigo. They, it's kind of ambiguous because I felt like the Wendigo was just the son. They have like an eight-year-old son. It was just him rationalizing his father's death, and uh, his father's murder, really. And uh, you know what? What a piece. What piece of shit would do that? Other than some kind of an inhuman monster. Thus, the Wendigo. On the other hand, there are sort of supernatural elements to it, but they're only from the perspective of the kid. You see what I'm saying there? So maybe this was a Wendigo kid. Well, I mean, at the end, we find out that it was in fact the redneck, but there may have been more at play there than just a uh, angry redneck. So there's that. Worth checking out, stars Jake Weber. Remember this guy? He was the, uh, the lead in the 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake that we all know and love. So... Definitely worth checking out. It's I mean it's it's kind of a slow burn, my like a psychological thing. Uh actually it's very slow now that I think about it. But I would love to hear somebody else's interpretation of it. So if anybody out there has a minute, check out Windigo. I think I found this one on Amazon or maybe it was 2B TV. I don't know. Check it out, see what you think. Love to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe I'm losing my mind here. And that's what we're looking at, or I'm looking at. How about some immersion therapy there? Winnebago's. That's what they should have called the movie is Winnebago. I don't know why I said that. That was stupid. It's Wendigo, not Winnebago. God damn it. All right. Immersion Therapy.
1: Immersion Therapy.
0: Anybody else get a chance to check out audition? You probably already seen it. It's 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 uh, it's a motherfucker, man. It is. If you haven't seen it before and you're watching it for the first time and you don't know what you're getting into, it's gonna suck you right in the Adam's apple, and you're gonna feel it, man. Been, well, I mean, probably not now, because we have our hostile movies and we have our saws and all that. A lot of people like to credit Eli Roth with jumpstarting the. Uh, torture porn subgenre. I think it really goes to Takashi Miki with audition cuz this one is fucking gnarly the things she does to him. t t t t t ting. Woo! God damn, man. I get, dude. I often wonder what it would be like to be a producer, like or a director, like in Hollywood, dealing with starlets and the type of egos that are involved and just the um You know, the type of person that aspires to that kind of career, it's got to get kind of dicey out there from time to time. And I I think this is like a worst case scenario right here, but it's still pretty fucking bad and uh, don't know that I want any part of it. So, I mean, it's, I mean, this is obviously an extreme. I just don't know that I want to be, I don't want to have to tell people that they are not attractive enough. You know, think about that. What kind of an asshole are you? Hey, you're not pretty enough. Well, you just destroyed this young lady, <laughs> okay? Jesus Christ. I mean, I know you're looking for absolute perfection, but just to tell, uh, you know, well, we need somebody uh, a couple 25 pounds lighter. Why don't you just call her a fat pig to her face then? Fuck, that's rough. All right, anyway, your immersion therapy for this week uh, is going to be The Influence. This one's uh, streaming on Netflix. Uh, stars Manuela v- uh Maggie Savantos, and Elaine Hernandez, directed by Dennis Rivera, Van Bokholtz. Uh, back in her childhood home to help her sister care for their comatose mother, Alicia must face a dark force from her past that now threatens her child. There you have it, inmates. Uh, that one's on uh, Netflix. The Influence... Check that out. I will do the same, and I will compare notes with you next week. Now, however, we must uh, educate Miss Monica, who is not here. So you're going to educate me instead? (laughs) How about...
1: educating miss monica
0: um alan nailed me i was lords of salem indeed and uh i made that i don't know how much easier i could have made that i whenever i do this i just look around my room here find a movie on my shelf and quickly spew forth uh clues as to whom it might be so without further ado Educating Mr. Darian. Um. Ah. Uh, shit. Uh, okay. I'm I'm looking to, to rob a house. Me and my me and my criminal cohorts, which include my cousin, are looking to do a, a home robbery of a of a jewelry uh, broker. But we broke into the house and uh, got a lot more than we asked for, hooks and chains and uh, no no uh fucking treasure box no um puzzle box but uh we did find the guy's daughter and boy oh boy was she a handful fucking shit (laughs) there you go there you go inmates i'm sorry i probably should i i don't prepare this because i assume that monica's gonna be here and then she never texts me until like two hours before the show to tell me she's not gonna be here so i have to come up with a shit off the top of my head i'm sorry there uh, once again, going to do a home robbery on a jewelry broker. Uh, he wasn't there, but his daughter was boy. Was she a handful. She really brought the hooks and chains. Think about that. I will let you know who I am next week. Uh, you'll probably figure it out already because that was pretty easy. Well, I don't know, depending on how you, if you've seen this one or not. Anyway, that right, I think that's about going to do me for the week. Inmates, thank you very much for bearing with me tonight during a solo show. Um, buddy, monica maybe next week maybe not i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what they're doing either they might be dead by then hope not hope they're back next week to uh do chiller join us next week for chillerama yay (laughs) miss 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 monica month Uh, this one i'm pretty sure she picked specifically to piss me off and it's going to this is not a very good movie regardless join me join us next week for chillerama Uh, If you get a chance, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you found this podcast. That helps out our visibility quite a bit. also have a Patreon campaign running. We've got hats, shirts, mugs, whatever the hell you want. Uh, PaddedRoomPodcast.com is where you want to go. You'll find anything you need to know about us, any of our affiliate programs, all the links you need to subscribe, click, like, love, comment, whatever you want to do, you'll find at PaddedRoomPodcast.com. Thank you again very much for joining me for... Miss Monica in absentia. Buddy in absentia. Slashers with very cool masks. Final girls that need to get their acts together. I said acts, not acts. Uh, movies that are going to piss me off. Insomnia, Guys Who Can't Sleep, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.